Welcome to episode 8. Here we are, again, still going. And still just a few listeners. I noticed that I'm getting quite a few uh, visitors to the webpage, the blog. That's good, always a good sign. Let's me know people are at least curious. Anyway, we've got a normal show for you today. No music, nothing like that. Got some talk on uh, the illegal immigration and all that retarded stuff, and um, you know, same stuff here and there. Here's real time. Real time. Real time. Today's film: One Million Years BC. This film was done in 1967. It's 91 minutes, and it's in color. The description goes as follows. In this vivid view of prehistoric life, a man from the mean-spirited rock people, John Richardson, is banished from his home, but soon finds himself living among the kind, gentle shell people. There, he falls in love with one of their tribe's women, played by bikini-clad Raquel Welch in the role that made her a major star. The two decided to strike out on their own, living by their wits in a deadly land of treacherous beasts and unknown dangers, all leading to a thrilling climax by the edge of an angry volcano. With stunning primeval imagery created by pioneering special effects wizard Ray Harryhausen, One Million Years BC is a true science fiction classic. I enjoyed the movie. One million years ago, Ray Harryhausen, he did a bunch of other cool claymation stuff, like like the old King Kong films. Anyway, check it out, it's worth watching, I guess. It's kind of one of those low-budget movies, but it's alright. <sighs> anyway, immigration, illegal. Illegal is the key word here. found an article, uh, not really an article, but... Uh, from the opinion section of the news where uh, people you know give their opinions and pretty much everybody has the same opinion I did you know they all see it as okay we're forgetting that this is illegal immigration not just immigration okay it's illegal doesn't matter how you look at it okay and what about all these people that have been coming over here for, you know, however long the country's been around, 250 years plus? You know, and they've been doing it the right way? What about them? Okay. Go ahead and get started on the poem. Today's poem... is by Tran T. Zhuang. It's called Women. Tea is one, wine another, women the third. 
my three follies that leave me no peace. I shall have to give up whichever I can. I should be able to give up tea, I think, and wine. Word of the day. Today's word is indistinct. That is indistinct. I-N-D-I-S-T-I-N-C-T. It's an adjective. It means unclear or uncertain. Indistinct. Oh, it's time for the three-minute update. Usually lasts about six to ten minutes. First up, lost an iPod or wallet? Look for it online. This comes to us from the Associated Press. Boston. Maureen Silliman felt her empty pocket and gulped. Her new $300 iPod must have bounced out as she ran to catch a train. While she sobbed, her boyfriend suggested... I'm a message on the lost and found section of Craigslist, an online bazaar of classified ads. No, the 24-year-old Silliman said, nobody would ever turn in an iPod. Her boyfriend posted the message anyway. Within 24 hours, Silliman's iPod was back. In an increasingly cynical world, there are still places where people try to do the right thing. Every day on internet message boards, honest folks post notes about valuables they found. Cash, bank cards, diamond bracelets, engagement rings, wedding bands, digital cameras, and even a cockatoo valued at $1,200. In turn, when there is no place left to look for something missing, the desperate sometimes take the longest of long shots and look online themselves. Occasionally, it works for both sides. People such as Silliman get back their iPod, still loaded with Radiohead and Broken Social Scene. Um, the impulse, to be honest, doesn't surprise Lawrence M. Hinman, the director of the Values Institute at the University of San Diego. Quote, I think we perceive ourselves as being much worse than we actually are. End quote. Hinman said, quote, There are people who live lives of quiet honesty. <clears throat> Take Monique Petal, 48, in Hollywood, Florida, who posted a note online when she found a diamond-studded gold bracelet that she could have just as easily slipped quietly in her pocket. Or Blake Facente, 30, who also turned to Craigslist when he discovered a Dell Inspiron laptop leaning against his building in San Francisco. The same for Agnes Saturian, 27, who climbed into a cab in Boston last month and found a gray and found oh, crap and found a pricey digital camera that another writer had left behind. Quote, I know the pain, said Satorian, who had recently lost her own camera loaded with sentimental pictures. I decided I would try to make it right for someone. Craig Newmark, the namesake and founder of Craigslist, said that the company added the lost and found message board in March 2003 after they noticed a proliferation of people looking for things that they were missing. Quote, the culture of trust is key, and the fact is that we work really hard at that, said Newmark, 53, who now has websites in 190 cities that boast more than 10 million users a month. 
That means every day there are new lost and found pop posts, like the drawer in a school secretary's office. Uh, we're missing scarves, wait, uh, wait to be claimed. We're missing scarves, wait to be claimed. The message boards accumulate a desperate collection of goods. Some are outlandish. The three teeth, including a molar with a filling that needed replacing, pick up in downtown Honolulu. The $100 bill found on a sidewalk on the Las Vegas Strip. The man in Copenhagen who lost his ex-wife. Or the New Yorker who misplaced her clean-shaven cowboy and implored, quote, If found, please send him to Queens. In the last column in Dublin, Ireland, a post under the heading $1 million U.S. reward has a link to the FBI's 10 most wanted poster for Boston fugitive mobster James Whitey Boulder. Quote, I just want him caught, said the post author. Reaching through email, who declined to elaborate or give his name, other posts are authentic and even touching. The 39-year-old woman in Frankfurt, Germany, looking for her birth mother, Bridget Sigland Stolba, the Homestead, Florida mother searching for a lost dog named Sparky that detects her 17-year-old epileptic son's seizures, seizures and barks for help, the one-carat diamond engagement ring that slipped off a woman's finger in the hills outside Berkeley, California. Success of the lost and found is difficult to measure. Craigslist does not track its sites, and the free posting are only valid for 30 days. But as stories about triumphs like Silliman's iPod circulate, more people keep playing the odds. Last 4th of July, scuba diver Stephen Klink found a solid platinum men's wedding band buried in sand beneath 30 feet of water off Cape Cod. Klink, 36, recently posted a note on the Boston area Craigslist. It's a long shot, but I figured it's worth a try, Klink said from his home in Hillside, New Jersey. Some married guy somewhere is getting whopped on because he lost his wedding ring. Next article. Japan launches digital TV for cell phones. This is from the Associated Press. Tokyo. Digital TV broadcasts for mobile phones equipped with special receivers began in Japan's major urban areas Saturday, following several months of test broadcasts. But finding new phones in stores proved hard as eager consumers have already snapped up the limited number of handsets on the market. Japan's major mobile carriers say sales are good, but have not disclosed numbers. Japan's mobile TV service is not the world's first. South Korea, Britain, and several other nations offer a similar service, although with different technologies. Mobile users in some parts of the United States can also tap into digital broadcasts. But the new service in Japan, which is free, will potentially reach the broadcast market yet through the country's terrestrial digital broadcast system, which relays images through the air via TV towers, not satellites. It also uses broadcasting airwaves rather than an internet connection to relay streaming video. Japan's 90 million mobile phone users already play video games, download music files, exchange email, read news, trade stocks, store digital photos, and surf the web. All on tiny handset screens half the size of a business card. Quit posturing, stop illegal immigrants. This is from usatoday.com. Hmm. In the ongoing immigration debate, there is one word people seem to be overlooking. Illegal. 
latest immigration crisis defies simplistic solutions. Our view, myth versus facts, opposing view, immigration reform debate Thursday. The issue is not immigration per se, it's about illegal immigration. To top it off, we have such illustrious leaders as Senator Edward Kennedy, Democrat Massachusetts, offering so-called solutions such as allowing people to come here illegally to work in the USA for six years, then permit them to become citizens. Did anyone hear of exploitation? What about upholding the laws of the United States? Politicians need to stop posturing for re-election and deal with the hard issues they are in office to deal with, including enforcing the law. That's from David Tisham, Dover, New Hampshire. Immigration still works. We must protect our borders and insist upon legal immigration first. Anyone in this country illegally needs to be sent home immediately, and our borders must be sealed for protection against terrorists and from people who want to pay checks but aren't willing to pledge allegiance to our country. Immigration, the old-fashioned way, has worked since the birth of this nation. It must continue. Immigrants who come here illegally, who come here legally, learn the language, and eventually take a pledge of allegiance are always welcomed. This way helps maintain the unique and vibrant culture that makes us what we are. Otherwise, forget July 4th and start celebrating Cinco de Mayo. That's from Harry Hoover, Huntersville, North Carolina. What about U.S. security? It is disgraceful that the illegal immigration fanatics, who have no regard whatsoever for our national security, the rule of law, or the welfare of 300 million Americans, want an unlimited, unregulated amount of immigrants to be allowed to enter the USA. Illegal immigration already costs U.S. taxpayers billions of dollars yearly, not to mention the lost wages resulting from illegal immigration illegal immigrants taking jobs at the lower end of the economic ladder. Illegal immigration lowers the wage scale and hurts the Middle East. It's a major cause of overpopulation in our country and cannot continue unabated without serious detrimental and irreparable harm to life as we know it in the USA. <sighs> Send them back. Make them come in legally. Everybody else did it. Eesh. That one was from Greg Hork anyway. Uh, that's our three-minute update. Illegal immigrants, you're illegal. Go back and come back in the proper way. Quick quotes and fast facts. Today's quote comes from George Santayana. Those who do not remember the past are condemned to repeat it. Yeah. You can look at, you know, stuff going on today and see that. Here are some quick um, fast facts. Yeah. Some things to know about U.S. presidents. Herbert Hoover, 1929-1933, and his wife both spoke fluent Chinese. Hoover was also the first president to have a telephone on his desk in the White House. When Calvin Coolidge, 1923-29, was being driven in a car, he would always insist that the driver didn't exceed 16 miles an hour. Obviously, he was never in a hurry. Andrew Jackson, 1829-1837, once killed a man in a duel because he had insulted his wife. Ah, cool. Ulysses S. Grant, 1869-77, was tone-deaf and once said, I only know two tunes. One of them is Yankee Doodle and the other isn't. <laughs> George Washington, 1789-97, had a wooden false teeth. 
James Garfield 1881 could simultaneously write in Greek with one hand while writing in Latin with the other. <laughs> There's our fast facts for the day. <clears throat> it's time for Skyscraper. We last left off where... Johnny Manton had shot a guy that was holding him hostage in his own apartment. Uh, he went, he hung up the phone, fixed another drink, went back into the bedroom and sat and waited. And we now start chapter four. It was about two hours later that I heard a knock on the door. I was just dozing off. I jumped up, loaded my gun, and went into the living room to answer the door. It was some telegraph boy. A message for Mr. Manton? Read it. Are you Mr. Manton? I said read it. Yes, sir. <clears throat> it says, Manton, meet me in the park at twelve, and no funny stuff, fat man. That's all, Mr. Manton, the boy said. I figured, how old are you, boy? Twenty. Say, you aren't a P.I., are you? Yeah. You want to do me a favor? Sure, are you hiring? No, come in. We walked into the living room, and he took a seat on the sofa. Say, nice place you got here. You got a pen and paper? Yes, sir. Good, now write this down. Fats, I've informed the cops about it all. And get your goon off my rug. You got that? Yes, sir. Anything else? Just take that note to the park at twelve. Sure thing. But that costs, you know. How much? Five bucks. What? I'll deliver it myself. Okay, okay, one buck. That's better. Now go. He ran out, and I could hear him running down the stairs. He was a strange kid, but he seemed interested in my work. I poured another drink. The body was cold now, and it wasn't any better looking than it was earlier. I dozed off after I finished the drink. I awoke to the sound of someone knocking on the door. They were knocking pretty loud, and it made me kind of angry. Hold on, I yelled while fixing my gun into position. I opened the door. It was the delivery boy. I delivered it, Mr. Manton, just like you said. He was waiting on a park bench, all dark and mysterious looking. Is he a killer, mister? Come in, sit down, kid. He came in and sat down, eager for another job to do. It's not a game, boy. It's dangerous. You can get killed if you're not careful. Yeah, I know. The life of a P.I. is great, isn't it? Hmm. What did you say your name was? It's Jack. Jack Hartley. Jack, why don't you go back to doing whatever it is you do and forget about P.I.'s? I've always wanted to be a detective. Won't you give me a try? Sure, kid. You bring in the fat man to the cops and you got yourself a job. Yes, sir. He left in a hurry and I placed my gun on the table beside me and went back to sleep. It's time for the grub worm. Garden facts, news, etc. Today we're going to be reading from the Ohio State University fact sheet again. This is on horticulture and crop sciences. The subject is lawn mowing. This is by William E. Pound and John R. Street. Mowing is one of the most important cultural practices performed in lawn maintenance, regardless of whether the lawn is fertilized, irrigated, or receives applications of control products. Proper mowing practices are essential if a high-quality lawn is to develop. Properly mowed lawns will have fewer weed populations, better moisture stress tolerance, and generally better quality than lawns not properly mowed. Lawn mowers. 
Lawn mowing is a partial defoliation of the turf grass plant. The blades, or leaves, of the grass plant are cut with mechanical machines called mowers. The primary type of mower used on most home lawns is the rotary mower. This mower uses an engine, gasoline or electric powered, to horizontally rotate a blade. The blade is designed to create a vacuum resulting in the grass being lifted, then sharp edges of the blade cut the leaf blades. Rotary mowers are constructed to trim close and are useful for mowing at higher <clears throat> mowing heights. Height adjustments of rotary mowers is relatively easy. Many sizes and models are currently on the market, ranging from small push models to large riding units capable of mowing large areas in a short period of time. One of the most recent advancements in rotary mower technology is a refinement in mulching mower design. Recently, a number of manufacturers have introduced mulching mowers into their product lines. These introductions are in response to the demand of homeowners to assist in making the return and recycle, i.e. don't bag it, programs an aesthetically satisfactory option. In general, the mulching lawnmowers are modified standard rotary mowers designed to cut then recut the clippings many times to allow the filtration of the fine pieces into the canopy of the lawn and not remain on the surface. The design modifications intend to assist in this recutting include the use of high-lift blades with expanded cutting edges and restrictions on the grass discharge ports. Real mowers are still used by a limited number of homeowners. If properly adjusted, the real mowers will provide a higher quality cut than rotary mowers. The advantage is most apparent at close mowing heights. A study conducted at the Ohio State University compared the real and rotary mowers on Kentucky bluegrass at a 1 and 2 inch mowing height. Plots cut with the real mower consistently rated higher in quality than those mowed with a rotary mower. A real mower is also better at following the contour, giving a uniform height of cut. In Ohio, real mowers have limited popularity today due to the inability some models to adjust mowing heights, difficulty in sharpening, and real mowers are not well suited to the higher mowing heights now recommended. Additionally, the current marketing emphasis on uh, most manufacturers is on the rotary models. Cutting heights. Mowing height is probably the most important parameter of mowing. Turf grasses, like other plants, must manufacture sugars through photosynthesis in the leaves if they are collectively to develop into a high-quality lawn. Turf grasses mowed at low heights have limited leaf area to sustain photosynthesis rates necessary to maintain good plant vigor. In addition to leaf area, a direct relationship exists between the height of the turf grass and the depth and total mass of the root system. Research with Kentucky bluegrass has shown that root growth was more than twice as great when the grass was mowed at a 2-inch height versus a 3-quarter-inch height. In general, a lawn mowed too short will have a shallow root system with little total root mass. The impact of shallow wheat root weak root systems is most apparent during summer stress periods when soil moisture becomes limiting. The closely mowed lawns usually exhibit stress first and the loss of turf grass plants is more likely. Higher mowing heights during the summer period will keep soil temperatures cooler, preserve soil moisture, and help maintain turf grass quality. Recommended mowing heights of cool season turf grasses cultured in Ohio include... Kentucky bluegrass, during the spring and fall, keep it two to two and a half inches tall. Uh, summer stress periods, between two and a half to three inches tall. Perennial ryegrass, two to two and a half in the spring and fall, and two and a half to three in the summer stress periods. And fine fescues, two to two and a half 
in the spring and fall, two and a half to three. Summer stress breeds, tall fescue, two and a half to three. Uh, spring and fall, and two and a half to three. Summer stress breeds. Turf grass mowed at the recommended height will have deeper, stronger root systems. Mowing height can play an important role in prevention of lawn weed establishment. Research has shown that higher mowing heights result in fewer weeds per unit area. This is due to higher grass providing more shade in competition to the weed seedlings during the initial established establishment phases. That concludes the grubworm. I'll finish this up next episode. This ends the show for today. Thanks for listening. Um, yeah, still trying to get some more stuff out to you. Go ahead and listen to my older episodes from my email address and email me with comments, questions, suggestions, complaints, whatever. Uh, I'd love to hear from anybody. I'm still checking my uh, web blog seeing how many users, listeners, subscribers I'm getting. I could do with some more, so go out there and subscribe to it. Anyway, thanks for listening. I will talk to you guys in a, in a day or two. That's it for today. Hmm. Yeah. I'm out of here. Thanks for listening, and we'll hear you next time.